Hey there, peeps, and welcome to Season 2 of the Common Sense for Common Peeps podcast. And in this season, we are going to be talking about a lot of different topics. Of course, with it being close to November, we will definitely be talking politics. Also, I have a couple of subjects on religion that we're going to be talking about. And yeah, interesting. Politics and religion, aren't those the things that you're really not supposed to talk about? Well... Not on this podcast. We'll be talking about that. Also, we're going to be having some fun topics like the one today. Actually, this one I actually recorded back in April. So it'll be good to get this one out. And I think this is a good one to start the season with. A little bit of a storytell uh, type of podcast. So we're going to get that out there. And also, in the month of October, we will be heading to TwitchCon. Normally, the podcast episodes will be releasing every other week, starting today. So the next one after this should be September the 6th, if my numbers are right. But in October, I will be heading to Las Vegas for TwitchCon. And if you all know, that's one of my passions is streaming and content uh, creating. So for the first time, I'm going to be walking into Vegas and we're going to be going to TwitchCon. We're going to be releasing a podcast episode every day in the month of October, including probably like a setup for TwitchCon and then a post TwitchCon podcast. So to get my impressions and all that fun stuff. So that's what we're looking forward to in probably the next three to four months. I do have some podcast episodes already uh, bagged, so a couple of them will pop out. And if something drastic happens where we need to talk about it and I need to release a podcast earlier, we'll definitely be doing that. So expect podcasts every other week until October where they'll be weekly. And then we'll be moving probably more into political season as now we'll be walking into the month of uh, November and then into the holiday season and Christmas. So that's where we're heading. Let's get this episode started. If you have not gone and grabbed your favorite beverage, now's the time. Go get that beverage. Come on back. Sit on down. Crack it open and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Common Sense for Common Peeps podcast, a podcast that talks about topics by using facts to come up with opinions and solutions for the betterment of us as human beings. We have the right to have different views based on our beliefs and opinions. It is up to us to take those facts, discuss those views, and come up with common ground solutions that will move our society forward. Thank you for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hey there, peeps, and welcome back to the podcast. And today, I'm going to talk about a topic that's a little close to my heart. This past winter, um, the Cleveland Guardians, and I'm going to call them the Indians. I mean, that's what they were when I grew up, and I'm going to probably say that 10 times. So we're just going to call them the Indians for this podcast. And we all know they're the Guardians. But anyways, this past winter, the Indians lost a valuable member of their family, and it was John Adams passed away. And if you're a big-time baseball guru and you know the Babe Ruths and the Lou Gehrig's and the Ken Griffey Juniors and Roger Clemens and all those fun guys, you're probably trying to figure out who John Adams was. Well, John Adams was what you would probably consider a super fan. So back in like, uh, it was um, 1973-ish, John Adams would actually came to the stadium with a drum. And one of the things about the old Municipal Stadium is that when it was built, it was built in design for the Cleveland, the city of Cleveland to actually get the Olympics. So they built this massive, massive stadium. 
It for baseball it would fit like 72,000, 74,000. I think for football it was near 80,000. I mean, it was just huge stadium. Out of all of the seats in in that stadium, you probably had maybe about 30,000 good seats and the rest were all horrible. There would be times that you could actually get a seat and be literally sitting behind a pole. So you really couldn't see anything and you had to be looking to your left and looking to your right to try to uh, see something. So anyways, um, one of the things that the fans would do is that because the seats were made out of benches and wood, they were like wooden seats. You, If the Indians were rallying, they would they would grab a seat and they would just start banging it. For the most part, the Indians were pretty much a pretty terrible team in the late 60s, early 70s, throughout the 80s and all that. And there would be like plenty of seats, plenty of seats. I mean, you had 80,000 seats and maybe 5,000 people at the game. So what people would do is just like stretch out a little bit. So if the Indians were rallying, they would grab both chairs on each, either side of them. And just start like banging them, bang, 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 bang for like a rally, you know, a rallying call. So John Adams used to sit in the bleachers and in the bleachers were actually benches. I mean, they were like bleachers. They were like legitimate bench. It'd be a wooden bench and there would be like no seat. It would just be literally a bench that would go probably 50 feet. And that was that particular section. So John Adams, because he was in the bleachers and it was the cheapest seat in the ballpark, he didn't have anything to bang. And when he was in high school, he was a drummer. <laughs> he decided to bring his drum to the game. And of course, it's 1973 and nobody's going to care what you're bringing to the game. Heck, you could probably bring a keg if you wanted to and bang on a keg if you had to. So anyways, he he brought his drum to the game. So he's out there banging on the drum. And next thing you know, like the newspaper reporter comes out and asks, starts asking him questions. Public relations starts coming out there, asking him questions. And so the next thing you know, and there's a long story to it, but the next thing you know, he's coming to game after game after game after game. From 1973 to 2019, I think that's what, 27, 37, 47, 47, 48 years. He only missed 30 some games total. And he's out there just banging on his drum. Bang, 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 bang. So what brought me to this is the fact that this made me go back and think about how many games that I went to when I was 16, 17, 18. So you're talking 90, uh, 1987, 1988, 1999, 1990. And how many games that I went to and how many times I saw on John Adams banging on his drum. But yeah, it just made me think about, man, I probably went to 100 games at least in that stadium. And it's really funny too, a side note, is that he used to sit in the bleachers. But back in the late 80s, they decided to close off the bleachers during weekday games. Games Monday through Thursday, he couldn't sit in the bleachers. He had to sit in uh, general mission is what it was called, down the left and right field lines, past the foul poles. So the bleachers ran from left center to right center, if you're familiar with the baseball field. And then general, there was like a gap, and then general mission would start there in a the gap in like deep left center, left field, and deep right field from like the foul line, and maybe like a couple sections in from the foul line. And that's where we used to sit. So it was called general mission. You could just walk in and sit anywhere you want in that little area of general mission. There was no assigned seat. Same thing with the bleachers. You could sit anywhere that you wanted in the bleachers as long as you had a ticket for it. It kind of reminded me of one time that we actually kind of like met up with them. 
He was actually at this time it was a weekday game, so he was sitting in the right field bleacher or the white the right field um general mission. And we always sat on the left field general mission, right where the foul line was on the wall. So we would have the first seat literally right by the foul pole. That's where we always sat. So we decided to venture around to the other side of the build or the other side of the stadium where he was sitting. And at this particular game, the Indians were getting destroyed like they pretty much always did. And he only banged the drum a couple of times, but we got there, sit there and talk to him a little bit. I wouldn't say that he was like, like super friendly because, you know, you got these little mug, you know, these little rug rat kids coming up to him, pestering about his drum and all of this. And, you know, he's seen that all the time, but he wasn't a bad dude either. I mean, he talked to us a little bit, but, you know, we didn't really know what to say to him. And I don't think he knew what to say to us either. So, so that was really the only interaction that we had with him, but but from everything that I've heard, he was a really decent guy. But like I said, he was at every freaking game for almost, what, 45 years at least. But again, that got me to really to thinking about baseball, how I went to the games. And my buddies and I would like bike ride to the rapid station and we would hop on the rapid. It would cost a dollar both ways. And then we would get the general mission ticket. The general mission ticket was $4.50. It didn't matter any game. So now you're talking what six fifty, and then the hot dog was a dollar and a quarter. So now you're talking what seven seventy. The pop was eight seventy. I would buy a scorecard because I had to keep score. That was fifty cents. So now you're at what nine twenty nine thirty. So nine dollars and thirty cents. I got a hot dog, a pop, a ticket, and I'm able to keep score. And for another fifty cents, I could buy a pencil. So in essence, I would like come home with like a like two dimes. <laughs> After breaking a $10 bill. And then at the time when I had the paper out and all that, you know, I could probably go to at least three games a week if I really wanted to. We went to quite a few games. So we probably went to at least 15 to 20 games a year. And that was just with my friends. We're not even talking about with like my my dad, my brother, my sister, or anybody else that we happened to go to. Plus all the free games you used to go to. They used to give free tickets. It just got me to thinking. And then I'm like... Start thinking about the new ballpark and how many times I've been in the new ballpark. And the new ballpark, I mean, I'm saying new, but it opened in 1994. So that was, what, almost 30 years ago. And how many times that my son has been in that ballpark. And I could probably count on one hand how many times he's been in that ballpark. Because I think I've only been with him twice. I think he's gone. I know he just went to the uh, a game last year. And then he went to a game with his school. So maybe he's gone five, six times in his life. And he's only, and I get it, he's only 16 years old. So yeah, I could get that too. But I'm thinking, man, at his age, I was probably already there at least 20 times en route to at least another 40 times. And then I got to thinking, I've probably only been in the new stadium maybe a handful of times, maybe 10 times at the most. I do know I was at the very first game because they played the Pirates the first game. And it was a preseason game to open the stadium. And the Pirates actually won that game 4-3. to three. They hit a 10th inning home run to win it. And I do remember that. <laughs> I do remember being an opening day also when uh, the Indians played Seattle Mariners. And, and Randy Johnson was on the mound. And he actually had a no-hitter going into the 7th inning before finally the Indians would rally and win the game. And then I really got to thinking, man, what... 
what is keeping me from going to games? Why am I not going to like four or five games? I can't even use the excuse that all the games are on TV and who cares? I could just watch on TV because to be honest with you, all the games were on TV back then too. It was very rare that a baseball game wasn't on TV. They were all on TV. So then I really got to thinking, okay, why haven't I been going to baseball games? And then I kind of reminisced about going to a Pirates game and having the opportunity to go to the Indians game. When I decided, okay, I'm going to go to the Indians game. I'm going to take myself, my sister, my niece, and my two kids. So there's going to be five of us going to the game. So I start to look up the tickets. Playing a game in April against Kansas City in 40 degree weather, I usually like to sit in the upper deck the first two rows so I can see the whole field. So that particular seat was $22 for Kansas City. But when I start to break down the tickets individually, so let's just take one ticket for example, at $22, there's an $8 convenience fee on it. And then Ticketmaster charged another $6. So this $22 ticket now has $14 worth of fees this $22 ticket is now $36. Now times 36 times five. And now you're up to what, $180 for five tickets to go see the Indians in upper deck section? So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe we should go see a better team then if we're going to pay that much money. So then I look up the Yankees and that same ticket at $22 is now $36. And there's now $10 fee. And there's now a $12. So sitting in the same seat, but seeing a different team costs me more money. Back in the day, and I hate to be back in the day guy, but back in the day, you used to get like a pocket schedule and the pocket schedule would have like the, the seating charts and it would tell you exactly how much each ticket was. So each section was marked red for like upper deck and orange for like lower deck and blah, 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 blah. And red would be 10, orange would be 14 and so forth and so forth. It's not like that today. Today, it's based off who they're playing, when they're playing. They want to have fireworks night on Friday night. A $10 ticket on Tuesday is now a $24 ticket on fireworks night on Friday. And I'm thinking, man, what happened if they would have done that back in 1987? My $4.50 general mission ticket where I could sit anywhere. We play the Yankees and we, draw, we raise that up to $10. They charge $4 just to buy the ticket and then charge $2 because of the stadium fees. And now you're, you know, you're adding like $8 to $10 to this $12 ticket. This $4.50 ticket that I buy every single time is now $22 to $24. So how many games can I actually go to now? If I'm going to 20 games at, let's say, $5, that's $100. So I could see 20 games. If I have $100 and they're $20 tickets, I can only go to five games. If you're going to 20 games compared to five games, is that good or bad? Because you're raising the tickets for one, but you're, you know, you're lowering for the other, but you're getting more people to go to the one, whereas the other one you're not. That's the thing that I kind of combat myself with going back and forth with. What do you, I, I don't know. Would it be better to, to sell the tickets low to get more people there? And so people can go multiple times or do you make it like special, like the NFL? The NFL has no problem. They could charge $5,000 a ticket. You're still going to get people there because it's an experience. The NFL is still only, even though they raised the games up, is still only 17 weeks a year. If you play eight home games, that's only eight 
games you have to buy. That's eight weeks out of 52 weeks. Whereas in baseball, there's 82 games. So that's 82 times a year compared to seven. So even though the NFL sells, you know, NFL only has seven games or the tickets are higher and they can get away with that because it's special. It's only seven weeks. Even though the NFL is getting oversaturated with all these goofy games on goofy days, it's still a special thing. People crave it because they're waiting for it. Baseball, it's 82 games. If I didn't go to this game or if I didn't watch this game, who cares? I'll just watch the next one. Who watches 162 baseball games? Even I don't do that. I'm not even close to that. And even when I was in my prime watching baseball, I wasn't even close to that. So it's a very interesting thing to look at that. And as long as you keep it special, people will continue to pay more for it. Now, the other pet peeve I have is the NBA. The NBA is just... I think they're just robbing people, personally. I mean, think about the NBA here. For example, let's say that the Golden State Warriors is coming to play Cleveland. Golden State's in the Western Conference, Cleveland's in the Eastern Conference. That means that they only come to Cleveland one time a season, which makes them special, right? It makes that team special. So what are the Cavaliers going to do? They're going to charge special prices for that special game because that's what we do in modern in modern sports. We charge premium prices for premium games. I want to take my son to the basketball game, just me and him. And to keep the numbers right, let's say that this ticket is just an upper deck ticket, nothing special. And because it's Golden State, it's a $50 ticket where it would normally be $36. But because it's Golden State... They're special. They only come once a year. Let's charge $50 for this ticket. Now you have to pay the convenience fee. You have to pay the stadium fee, the Ticketmaster fee. So there's $26. Let's make it $25. $25 worth of fees. So now this $50 ticket, which would be $36 if it wasn't Golden State, is now $75 with the fees. It would probably maybe be $55 to $60 with fees if it wasn't Golden State. So now it's $75. Now I got to buy two tickets. So $150 total. Now with the parking, $20 and the food, let's just say $30, which is cheap. Now you spent $200 for two tickets and food and parking We're not even talking any jerseys or anything like that to watch the Golden State Warriors play Cleveland in Cleveland. Now, my son's got his Steph Curry shirt and he's watching, you know, he's rooting, root, root, root. And then when the Golden State Warriors come on the, the, the court, Steph Curry's not playing tonight. Clay Thompson's not playing tonight. Draymond Green is not playing tonight. Because they're watching their load, which means they don't want them to play all 82 games because they want them to be, quote, fresh for the playoffs. And they even tell you this, load minutes. We don't want to go over their load minutes. So now, without knowing this, because they don't tell you this, they're not going to tell you it when you when you buy the ticket, hey, these guys aren't going to be playing. So now I just bought $150 worth of tickets and then, of course, everything else that goes with it because my son wants to watch Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green play. It's their favorite players. Stephen Curry is his favorite player. And he's not playing because of load minutes. 
I think that's an absolute atrocity. I think it's horrible, absolutely horrible. And I'm not here to like give opinions most of the time. It's to a point where is that right? So the Cavaliers are charging full price like those guys are playing, but in the essence, they didn't play. So since they didn't play and they didn't play on purpose, it wasn't like they were hurt. Am I entitled to a partial refund? I don't think I should be entitled to a full refund because I did see a game and I did see the Cavs, but I didn't get to see the people I wanted to see that come once a year to the arena. And I think that that's really, really, really going to kick the NBA in the butt. But again, the NBA's got TV. They got huge TV revenue, just like all the other sports do. I mean, baseball don't even care because they're, <laughs> all their revenue is pretty much from TV. So that's what absolutely just drives me absolutely incredibly insane. I don't think that I would ever in my lifetime buy a ticket to an NBA game unless it was a playoff game. But then if it's a playoff game, that $36 ticket against one of the worst teams in the league is now $50 against the best team in the league or the marquee team in the league. How much is that $50 ticket for the postseason? It's like $120. And that's just the first round as it goes up and up and up every round that they win. But at least you're guaranteed not to have players sitting out because they have to watch their minutes. It's interesting to see where the uh, sports in general is going down the road from here and where sports will be in 2040. I mean, it's real interesting if you're following college football, just all of the conferences becoming super conferences. The Pac-10 probably won't even be existence in four years. They're probably all going to get gobbled up by either the Big Ten or the uh, Big 12. The Big Ten has like 16 teams, I think, now. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. And we ain't even gotten into the sports uh, betting part of it, which is just insane. I don't even know how anybody can bet on basketball unless they have inside trading and know who's going to play and when they're going to play and what games are going to play and what games are not going to play. I mean, could you imagine if I bet on Golden State to win and then they turn around and right at game time decide that Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green aren't going to play? And I went from giving two points because they were going to play and now they're not playing and I still got to give two points? I mean, Wow. That's just mind-boggling to me. I mean, that's absolutely mind-boggling. Back in the day, if you did that, somebody from the mafia would come take you down. <laughs> I mean, that's what you heard in the mafia, right? Oh, Stephen Curry, we'll pay you like fifty or fifty thousand under the table if you miss a couple threes tonight, and nobody knew about it. It's hush hush money. But now they're doing it right in the open. They're doing it literally in the open. Ah, yeah, we're gonna take the night off. Wow. <laughs> and who and when do they have to tell tell them they're going to take the night off? Before the gambling, after the gambling? I mean, it's just that's just another total topic, but just kind of crazy if you ask me. But anyways, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the um John Adams and and may he rest in peace. He was a great dude. Great dude. I mean, just at every game just bang bang bang. He watched a lot of bad baseball. A lot of bad baseball, but he did get to see some good baseball in the 90s and the 2000s. So it all comes circle. But again, thanks for listening. And yeah, and I guess it's that time now. You know what time it is. It's time for the knucklehead of the podcast. 
And now, it is time for the Knucklehead of the Podcast. Alright peeps, and today's Knucklehead of the Podcast is the person that I call Calling Card Guy. What exactly is Calling Guard Guy? Well, this is a knucklehead that decided that he was going to break into multiple cars. So he ended up breaking into 17 cars. And I guess he did almost, they're talking like almost $100,000 worth of damage in these cars. And they were able to pretty much find him. And they cuffed him and stuffed him after they found him. And the one of the main reasons how they were able to find him is because he was leaving a calling card, like a business card, in the cars that he was breaking into. And the only part about this, which is kind of strange, is the fact that he would write, I forgot what it was that he wrote. It was like, boo-hoo something. But he wrote it on the back of the business card. But the problem was that on the front of the business card was his name and address. So once they uh, gathered all the cards and then they put the cars together and figured out who it was, they went to the guy's house, they ended up arresting him, and then he ended up getting nailed for like, oh my god, it was like 170 counts of vandalism and breaking and entering and all this fun stuff. Moral of the story, if you're going to decide to do crimes, especially like multiple crimes, don't leave a calling card with your name and address on the card. That is not bright, my friends. And that is today's knucklehead of the podcast. All right, peeps, thank you for reaching to the end here of the podcast. I want to take this time to thank you again. And if you haven't followed the podcast on any platform that you have or checked the box and have my podcast automatically become notified whenever we get a one, if you haven't done that yet, now would be a great time to do that. Um, if you want to catch me on my social medias, all of that's down in the descriptions below. You can catch me on Twitch. I do have a Discord for the podcast and a personal Discord, so you can go on and link um, up to those. I'm going to start to work on the YouTube channel for the podcast, so we're going to get that up and running. There's going to be a lot of political stuff coming up on that for the month of probably October, like what we did last year, just sort of looking at the candidates and stuff like that. But again, I just want to thank you, and we will be back with another episode in two weeks. So again, thank you for everything. And if there's opportunities to comment on the show, go on and do that. You can do it inside the actual show of the platform, or you can just go on Discord or whatever. But again, thank you for stopping by. And as always, bye-bye, babies. <laughs>